Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor's going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. What's up, and welcome to the Baker and Queen After Show. We're talking episode three, Nobody's Queen, and we have the queen herself in the house, showrunner Jem Garrard. Welcome, and thank you for joining us. Uh, thank Ooh. you for inviting me. Super excited to be here. I first want to start off real quick before we get into that. We also have our other awesome host, James. Say hello. Hello to my vagrant queen fans out there. How the heck are you? And we have a live chat going. So if you're joining us live, join in the chat, have your questions for Jim, and we're going to talk all things vagrant queen. So Mm -hmm. Jim, right here at the top, let's quickly explain to viewers, what is a showrunner? I think it's a term people are getting a little more used to with more genre shows and conventions. But what does a showrunner do? Essentially that they run the show. They keep the show running. And so that involves everything. (laughs) Um, Most importantly, your job is story, uh, story first. So you're in charge of uh, all the scripts, all the scripts going out, um, editing all of those scripts, making sure that, you know, if there are uh, any changes or any tweaks, uh, that happen along the way, that it's all working uh, for that larger arc and that every character's, uh, uh, you know, you're following through with every character's uh, journey. Um, and then, you know, it's a thousand decisions a day uh, from costumes to effects to locations. Um, but mostly it's, yeah, mostly, you know, you got to focus on story. Uh, every decision uh, that, that's made comes down to that. So you're the captain of the ship. <laughs> That's it. That's a good way to describe it. Yep. Nice. And then how did you get involved with this property? What made you go, I want to work on Vagrant Queen? Well, I was a fan of Max Visagio before uh, this. I'm, uh, I love comic books, a big comic book reader. And, you know, I loved a lot of her earlier work, Kim and Kim, uh, Quantum Teens. Um, and, I just finished a project with uh, sci-fi and blue eyes called Killer High, which was a, a super fun horror comedy. Um, and we were looking for a new project together and looking at what's out there and looking at what options. Um, and Vagrant Queen was was fairly new and we all responded really well to it. Um, it was a super fun space adventure that we hadn't seen done before um, in that way. Um, we thought it would would adapt really well, and uh, I they asked if I would write the pilot, which I did, and then it sort of just snowballed from there once that mm-hmm. pilot was done. Yeah, nice. Um, we talked a little bit about inspiration and style of the show, and yes, it is based on a visual medium, a comic book, so you have reference. But what are some of the shows or movies that inspired your look for this show? I think um, 
when you're creating something like this and you know we from the beginning we wanted a very fun bright colorful world and so uh i think naturally references like guardians uh and right. ragnarok came up um fifth element firefly a lot of those uh references you know we would we would uh, throw out in the room because we wanted to, we wanted a colorful show um so those were certainly um influences um and also picked up well on that kind of fun, irreverent tone that we wanted to go for. Um, you know, the show, you know, the show we is very irreverent in that way, but also has a lot of heart. Um, so you know, wanted to make sure we got that that balance. Oh, for sure. And we, oh, go ahead, Jim. So no, so Jim, I have a question for you actually. So if yeah. you guys have any questions, as as Carrie said, definitely let us know in the comment section. I'm reading one here that actually ties into uh, the answer you just gave for you, Jem. Um, Jolly H-I-R, Jolly Her, wants to know, was there any inspiration from Mass Effect, the game? Uh, she kind of feels like there was, um, there was some influence on that as she was watching the show. Did you get any influence from the game Mass Effect? I don't know how much of a gamer you are, but any thoughts I on that? Like, I do love gaming. That one uh, I'm not too familiar with, but it's funny that you mention it because uh, our script coordinator in the room is a big fan, uh, Michael. Oh, cool. Shout out to Michael. Um, and would often bring that up um, and and reference that with certain things. So we did have someone in the room who was a big fan. Okay, okay good, good, great. Very cool. Um, well, speaking of fun and heart and kind of the uh, almost silly nature of the show, <laughs> this episode definitely had that. James, what did you think of this yeah. episode? You know, this one for me, uh, I think was better than the first and the second. Um, this, every, I feel like every episode we watch, the team gets bigger, the story gets bigger, you get yeah. more connected to to these characters. So I have to say, in this episode in particular, I think one of the, the last scenes, we see almost everyone we've met in the first mm -hmm. two episodes on the ship. I thought that was such a cool like juxtaposition of all the characters we've met. I, I don't know if that's going to be the whole team moving forward. I... I'm indifferent about if it is or isn't, but I definitely love that every all the troops were rallied together and it felt like we had a goal now. Like I know I said that for last episode, but I don't know. I feel like it's far more of a rallying of the troops, if you will, for this yeah. episode. So I definitely appreciated uh, the that from this episode three. Cool. Yeah, I think that was so. Yeah, that was very much the plan when we were when we were working on the outline for the whole series. You know, you've got a lot of setup to do in your pilot. So we, you know, we wanted to kind of make sure we were setting up these characters, but not in a way that we were overloading the audience with all this backstory straight up front, you know? And so um, there were talks about whether, you know, when should we bring in this, um, this backstory of a leader? When should we see her on the throne? It's called Vagrant Queen. But it was important for me not to show that too early on. Um, first of all, I wanted, uh, I wanted us to uh, get to know these characters, Alida, Isaac, and Amay. Um, and the point of episode two was to solidify them as a trio, as, as mm -hmm. a team, before we then said, okay, cool. And here's Alida's story. Um, and here's all these uh, people from her past that, that you're going to get to know now. Um, and so three was exciting because, you know, we, we, we knew uh, enough about, uh, our leads that we could uh, 
enjoy this next adventure that they were on you know it mm -hmm. had more weight to it because of that and then another character that gets more part of the team we got winnie bot uh, yeah <laughs> oh nice yeah um i was so shocked i was so mini mini winnie yeah, Mini Winnie. 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 Nice. I like that nickname. Yeah, for that, for you know, we talked to Tim last week, Jem, about how we may have been onto something with Winnie Bot moving forward um, from episode two and on. And I definitely <laughs> got the sense that Winnie Bot may be part, like an integral part of the team, as she came and kind of saved the day towards the end. Did you did you have any inspiration from like Star Wars or anything like that in terms of having like a smaller like mechanical sidekick along the journey? Well, I think like if you're gonna you know, bring a robot in a show, it's impossible not to think about Star Wars. You know, their list of droids are so varied and fun and awesome. Um, but I mean, I'm a huge robot nerd anyway. Um, I, I write them a lot into uh, into my work, um, and uh, it was it was important for me to at least somehow uh, introduce a robot in the show. At first it wasn't, you know, she wasn't intended to, to be part of the team, but, um, you know, in the writer's room, it just progressed that way because I'm so sorry because of what happened to Nim. Oh um, no, my <laughs> heart was broken. Yeah. I know, I know. Uh, and I'm going to break more hearts right now by saying <laughs> that the earlier draft, he didn't die. Um, oh. Wow. Yeah, and but he didn't go off on the adventure with them. And then what happened um, was that Lazaro in in episode two was uh, was torturing another loyalist, an un, an unknown um, for information. And we were just really feeling like it wasn't hitting hard enough. We weren't getting a sense that this is actually this is a villain. This is um, this is a guy to fear, and this is uh, a really unhinged uh unhinged person um and so that's why we were like, okay this is this this scene this needs to be nim um and then you know we had this other robot character that we were working on and it just made it made sense that uh, that they found her uh on rebus when they were figuring out how to be a team uh and then she needed she needed a, a point she needed a, a you know a role and so she sort of very much um is the character of the ship you know the winnipeg itself had always felt like a character but we needed sort of something a little bit uh a, a kind of a different version of that something else that we can sort of anthropomorphize and um yeah and and winnie bot was born <laughs> and you'll certainly see more of her Excellent. in terms of the design it was really because we needed something simple and so when I pitched it I was like look I know we don't have a lot of cash but you know she could be super simple she can be this kind of this box that moves because uh, I wanted to do as much practically as possible and I just have to say like hands up to my uh, amazing props team because mm -hmm. you know I, I said I gave them this idea and they just went above and beyond uh, and they came back with this design um, and the uh, and she actually moved on set. She was remote control. Cool. Um, you know, you could stand there talking to her, and she'd move and light up. It was just, <laughs> it, it was amazing. So, so is her speediness uh, the element of for comedy, and then is it also for 
she can't be perfect because then otherwise she would solve all the problems right away exactly she can't be perfect, and she's going to be you know like I said she's she's really sort of represents the ship and so that's where she spends most of you know no spoiler that's where she will spend most of her time um and so the one time that she does she does come out yeah she can't she is just this sort of walking talking sassy box and so mm-hmm. she can't have speed on her side as well and when we were writing it that scene I remember uh you know when myself Mika and Mariko were in the room that scene where she gets to the log just made us cry with laughter every time mm-hmm. <laughs> that it would be a problem for her can't quite <laughs> hop over it um but speaking of another cool location I really dug the gas station something Ooh. so familiar and normal but yeah like it's spacey yeah, that was something that we wanted to do a lot um, when we were putting it together is is take things that we can relate to easily. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we are in another galaxy uh, with all these these other aliens and we wanted to make sure that we weren't um, creating a show where we were throwing out a bunch of uh, random words and made up things. And it was always something that we could uh, relate to. And so, um, you know, the gas station came out because of that, like, this is essentially a road trip through space. So uh, what happens on those? You hit up a gas station. Um, and, and that and that idea sparked a lot of things in the show um, and ended up, um, you know, we ended up writing the, the parking tickets thing um, mm-hmm. for Isaac, you know, uh, how does he always lose his ship? Well, mm. because he gets parking tickets. Mm-hmm. And, that was another thing that we were thought, you know, okay, what's what's another thing that we can all relate to and put in this galaxy? You know, another another thing I realized in this episode that was incredibly relatable was uh, when Winniebot couldn't perform a task because her firmware wasn't up to date. Yeah. I thought that was genius. It's like such a uh, approachable, natural thing for all of us to, you know, to try to update our phones like three o'clock in the morning so we can sleep yeah. through it, but we never do it, of course. So I thought that was another relatable incredibly relatable topic that you guys threw in there that I was like oh yeah that could absolutely happen so kudos to you guys for that oh thanks yeah that was fun and then you know it meant we get another a May moment the one time the one time she procrastinates and and, you know it backfires so she's not going to do that again (laughs) (laughs) uh so from the gas station we end up via the loyalists a shootout and kidnapping at their stronghold um, which I think uh, you were saying how that was like a really cool set and you got lost uh, in it. You wrote on Twitter. It was, it was, it was huge. Um, I did get lost very easily. Um, yeah. Uh, it was, it was beautiful. It was built um, for another, another show. Um, and they, the, uh, the owners had kept it up um, and we came in and, and, kind of built some extensions on it uh and it was just kind of a beautiful mix of that old look with the kind of with the you know a, um, a colorful sci-fi uh twist as well uh but it was a beautiful set and then we saw so uh, many places oh. actually in this episode uh, yeah. you, i i went when it was fun to watch it back on friday and just be like wow there's you know just remember all these places that we visited for it and cape town offered so many so much variety yeah. in its landscape yeah uh so james what did you think of all that info we get with the loyalists uh we learn they're trying to mount a war they have a lot of forces we get half back i was very happy about mm-hmm. that 
I want to like him as character, but we get that moment at the end where they're all kind of secretly talking and then yeah. they want the, uh, I was all way to go right down. Um, the steer's dad. Thank you. I was like, uh, the device for mind control back. And I was like, yeah. oh, yeah. no. So James, <laughs> yeah. what do you think of that whole breakdown? I thought that was great. Um, again, I think it gives, it, it just creates layers to the story. It gives it gives the characters a motive, and then it, it creates dynamic within the characters too. Because I, like looking at Hat and the little we've known from him thus far, you see a different side of him, a different side of all of them, really. That's a bit more sinister. That's like you know they have a, a motive. They there's something that they want to go after. So that was cool to finally get some clarification on on that note for me. Cool. Yeah, they, um, that's exactly what we wanted to do with it in this. Uh, you know, we've known from the pilot that she she's going to go and rescue her mom, mm-hmm. and that's all that she wants. You know, she's not looking to take up the throne again. She's not looking to join this war. She she's on a very personal journey, um, and you know, the loyalists as well. While they want Zevelyn back as well, there's also another motive for this mm-hmm. uh, for this journey, uh, and you'll see that unfold more um, in the next. Uh, episodes uh nice because i was i was having my suspicions about the loyalists early on if i wanted them to be good which i'm not necessarily saying they're bad yet but mm-hmm. they do have <laughs> hidden motives they uh, do and I, yeah, yeah we wanted to do that with like you know the the loyalists and and the republic uh you know lazaro and, and the admirals it was sort of um while while these guys are very much kind of villains we didn't want to say though that you know that means the monarchy are necessarily the good guys. You know, there's there's always kind of those those hidden motives uh, with each. Well, I was going to thank you. Uh, speaking of that, we get our flashback. It's 15 years ago, and it's like a it's a coronation ceremony. It looks like they're mm-hmm. doing the yes. crowning. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and they want to change where resources are going from the um, one of the other kingdoms, I guess, or. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, a, another local planet that yeah. uh, is sort of under the rule of Ariopa. Mm-hmm. But I love the Queen's line where I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, the kingdom is more important than any single part of it, and mm-hmm. that change has consequences. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, mm, there it is. Mm-hmm. James, yeah. what do you think of that flashback? So that flashback to me opened up our eyes a lot about about. Zevelyn as a character in my opinion I think that in the first two episodes we really got a sense that she was this you know benevolent queen and she she cared about everyone but I don't know in this episode in that scene in particular I got a sense that like there is perhaps like a power struggle like a it just queen Zevelyn wants like why first off why is she not queen if she's Elita's mother that was a question that I think they kind of danced around a little bit in this episode. Um, but in this, in that scene in particular, it really made me think that, that Zevelyn may not be the queen that we think she is. I think that she may have another motive. She may want to grasp power from Alita, even though it was like bestowed to her. I got that sense at the end mm-hmm. of the telling of the, um, the, the ancient story that talks about why Alita is who she is. Um, so yeah, I definitely think that Queen Zevelyn is one to look out for. I'm not certain that she is this 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 wonderful person that we we think she is because we have we have so little information but the more and more information we get about her i kind of am going more on the left i'm like i don't know mm. how i feel about you mom so that's my two cents <laughs> on it 
And that's great. I love that you feel that way because there's um, there are a lot of layers there and I, I won't talk too much on it because certainly we do learn a lot more about um, Zevelyn and her motive. But, you know, the most important thing we were trying to set up in this episode was that she was a child queen. She's she's a kid. Of course, she's not going to be able to rule, mm-hmm. you know, this this planet and their neighboring sort of star colonies. Um, and so there's got to be someone, you know, there is that voice in her ear. Um, you know, there is someone that's obviously um, kind of helping her rule and advising her. And so, you know, a, a leader's rule was really kind of, her mother's rule mm-hmm. um, and, and so a leader now and as an adult is kind of figuring out actually what do I believe in what are my morals and values and, mm-hmm. and you know and who, who is she without her mother yeah I felt also with these flashbacks we're getting a little more sense of why Alita doesn't want to rule when she learns some more uh, intricate details of what ruling entails and yeah. I think that's what's starting that change because then also she has that moment with her mom and when she learns about the stars that dad and that what's what's easy is not always right it's like mm-hmm. oh mm-hmm. Mm. I'm so, so glad I, that you picked up on that and I'd be so excited to talk to you guys again later on near mm. the sort of second half of the series where you see some more flashbacks of uh yeah, of, of Zevelyn and, and young Alida. Mm-hmm. Very nice. excited for you guys to watch those. <laughs> well, the other one, I, I'm we will need to put that one on the books. Uh, the next, <laughs> yeah, the other person sure. <laughs> that I was excited, though, to learn about where, um, with the flashback of dr- the revolt going on, that Lazaro is part of the, pretty much the starving revolt. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it, it's, it doesn't quite justify his obsession, but it does give us a glimpse of like, well, if he was part of a group of people that were suffering, of course he yeah. would be against the monarchy. Mm-hmm. So you're like, all right, give him a little more depth there. I dig it. Yeah, absolutely. And we do find out there is an episode uh, that does concentrate on Lazaro's story a little bit more. Um, but this episode, you know, we wanted to show, yeah, he was part of that revolt. Uh, he mm-hmm. was one of the first to storm the palace. Uh, and then in the present day uh, scenes you saw with him in episode two, you know, um, uh, R.I.P. Nim, um, <laughs> he was talking about how, you know, he feels like he's a mockery to the Republic and the admirals and that he feels like he should he should have that higher seat now. He was part of that revolution. Uh, but, you know, he's sort of been blamed for, um, the queen getting away and the queen still mm-hmm. being alive and so he sort of left as this commander who uh, has obviously these bigger goals um, and this sort of bigger ideology and uh, he feels yeah he, I think he feels kind of wronged right now and and this is sort of added over the years over 15 years to his obsession to kill mm-hmm. her he thinks you mm-hmm. know every day that she's alive uh, is kind of stopping him from being where he should be. Yeah. Uh, the what was um, getting their flashback and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have. Oh, sorry. 
the loyalists, when we get that, I, I like that Alita gets her time with them. So then we get time for Ame and Isaac to go on mm-hmm. a little adventure, uh, yeah. <laughs> which also talks about relationships. And I really like their moment. Um, I mean, they get the comedic bits too. And with the rodents, which was fun. Uh, when they have their relationship chat about being faithful and Ame's like, I just love people. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> which was cute and i like that they had time to essentially open up to each other and talk about uh relationships uh james what do you think of that kind of moment for those two characters to connect okay first off i want to give a slow clap for ame because she is getting mad play she is flirting right. with everybody i'm like yo i'm yes. a finger three from you god damn yeah uh, <laughs> Yes. Um, in, in terms, so we did get a little bit of a tease from this uh, last week. Tim told us that there was going to be, uh, I think, a venture with Ame and, and Isaac. And I'm so happy that we got to see that unfold. Um, I, you know, one thing I picked up from that whole interaction, um, I think it was just as Ame and Isaac are approaching like the rodent area. There is a moment where uh, Ame is talking about her past with Chaz and how there was a revolt and a, a lot of people yeah. in her family were killed. Uh, mm-hmm. We may talk about this later, but I, I got a sense that Isaac had something to do with that. I'm sure you won't answer the question, so totally understandable. But I got a sense mm-hmm. that Isaac has a deeper connection to Ame than topically than we've been than we've seen thus far. So that's one thing I really uh, gauge from the scene. And, and then in addition to Ame, flirting with everybody. Which yeah, I <laughs> yeah. Well, what we wanted to do with that scene is just you know show that they both experienced profound loss. Okay. Um. You know, Amay does have an interesting backstory. Um, and, you know, she sort of touched lightly on this in episode two, but uh, that she's sort of experienced, uh, you know, loss and pain and war. And um, with this moment between her and Isaac, we sort of wanted to show that, yeah, she's, um, she knows what that, what that feels like. Um, and she has her own heavy past. You know, uh, they all do. And so what we really like to kind of do with them all is is show really how different people manage their trauma uh, and their grief. And May sort of turned that into just being, you know, this complete like people person. She she loves connection. Um, She's the most, uh, you know, emotionally intelligent of the group. And we can see how. Trauma's handled differently with Isaac and Alida. Alida sort of puts up this wall. Um, is the opposite, in fact. You know, yes. she puts up a wall, and Isaac sort of, beca- you know, sort of, he he's a joker and a drinker, and that's how he <laughs> manages. And so they all have, you know, they're all sort of managing these difficult paths differently. Um, but the good thing with with May is that she's the character that can really bring that out of them because you know. Isaac and Alida weren't going to have these heart to hearts, you know, when mm-hmm. they're friends. Uh, it it takes a maid to come yeah. in and and pull that out and and allow them to kind of open up and be vulnerable. I uh, love the multiple high fives. That <laughs> yeah. was cute. Yeah, yeah. it was Learning super fun. Stuff. Super fun. That was a um a little improv from them actually. Uh, we wrote the scene that you know Isaac goes for a high five and a maid's like, uh, what is that? Uh, and so on set. Uh, the two of them just threw out that multiple high five thing and obviously we had to keep it in um the fun that you see them having on screen that's actually how Alex and Tim are in real life oh, cool. 
you know, one scene, uh, one small part from that scene I thought was hilarious was the um, the reiteration of MacGyver, Mick Gaybar. I thought <laughs> yes. that was so funny. I was like, yo, that's great. So yeah, the little, I love... like, little gems like that I think are awesome and so funny. I love the response to that joke too, because we enjoyed throwing it in there, uh, but wasn't expecting such the response it got. I think t-shirts have even been made of it oh, now. Wow. So I've, <laughs> I promise, you know, like I, you know, getting a season two would be an absolute dream. And I, I promised to put a gay bar in it. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. If you want to see that shirt, Jem retweeted it. So check out her Twitter. It's a really yeah. good one. Uh, Jordan made that and yeah, I love the design. It's super fun. I love it. Um, I was going to say another heart to heart, we, heart to heart, we get Alita and Ame and they kind of have that fireside chat of mm-hmm. what you can change. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned how Alita has walls because Ame's putting out there essentially of like, if you want to get together, we can get together. Um, there's not really any walls there, but Alita mm-hmm almost feels sad that Ame goes and hooks up with somebody else. It's like, but girl, you, you were like, nope, I am not opening up at all. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the leader, you know, she's not going to. And I think even now, even, even with Ame being part of the team, there's a certain kind of um, distance that she would keep as well. You know, she's got, she's still that, um, warm um approachable character with a leader but you know she's now part of the team so there's a certain amount of trepidation there from her as well not wanting to ruin this thing they've got this 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 team mm-hmm. um and so yeah you know with we we from the pilot we've sort of built on that spark of that first sort of meet cute and and you know it will it continues to do so and i'm excited for fans to see um, how that relationship unfolds. Um, I like how it's unfolding. It's a much more natural approach, and you know, mm-hmm. you can see some chemistry, but they're both a little like you know, uh, cautious maybe because they're still getting to know each other. So it's fair. Um, actually, total left turn here of a relationship of a call callback of a friend favor. What do we think of Recor and Clive? Because Alita goes, oh, I got a favor. I know how we can sneak into the territory without making a yeah. big scene. I thought that was super funny and showed how more down to earth, uh, not really earth, I guess, but you know, how grounded <laughs> Alita is. Because everyone else was so like, oh, it's gross. They're like plugging their nose. But she's like, yeah, yeah whatever. This is my friend. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's just a nod to, you know, a little bit of her past. She's um she's essentially been sort of surviving uh on her own as a scavenger for years even before she met Isaac and so you know she she knows people you know she knew people in Zyger and we're sort of just every now and then want to plant that she's 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 got people out there that she knows and obviously there's a variety of of aliens and some you know are kind of you know some criminals (laughs) and (laughs) or 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 similar and uh that was kind of he's a very fun character and and you'll see a lot more of him in in episode four um but it was sort of a a, another way to show how different she is um compared to these loyalists you know these loyalists the last time they saw her she was their queen and now she's this scavenger hanging out with like you know these criminals and uh, and people to, that sneak people through the border and stuff 
uh, and it was just a way to sort of show how you know how much she's changed from this person they thought they knew. Yeah. Um, now, Jim, we're almost towards the end of our time with you. Uh, is there anything you'd like to add that we uh, on episode three, the show thus far, what people can look forward mm-hmm. to? Um, I think we've we've touched upon it. Oh, uh, you you mentioned something uh, at the beginning that was interesting, and and that you know we end three sort of seeing all these people um, together that we've slowly been introducing over the three episodes um and you know moving forward you kind of you get to see a lot more of that group um but like you said everyone's got their own uh motivations um and there's so many layers going on and those are going to unfold a lot in the mid-season that's coming up um and then we uh yeah there's a lot of a lot of those layers that sort of um are revealed and then we in episode eight we'll give you a super fun uh uh like uh, you know the movie clue yeah homage, oh yes <gasps> we do we do an homage to the uh clue the 1985 yeah clue movie super fun and we wanted to throw that in there um it's one of our favorite episodes before we give you a very epic finale um cool yeah oh i look forward to it that's an excellent movie and it's an excellent show uh thank, thank you, you so, so much, much for joining us gem and we're looking thank you for inviting me this was episodes. absolutely this was really fun and yeah let's let's do this again later when you see some of those flashbacks that are going to be answering some of the questions you just had <laughs> awesome guys um james and i are going to keep chatting but thank you again gem and everybody keep go follow her and oh where can people follow you on twitter uh, Jemga, J-E-M-G-A. Awesome. Cool. All Thank right. you. All right. Thank Thanks, you, guys. Jim. All right, James, any other final thoughts um, from you on this episode? Um, I think uh, this, again, this episode was great. I, again, I love to kind of piggyback from what Jem just mentioned. I love the fact that the team is expanding. I, and I love how we're seeing these intra-relational relations among the characters because again it gives them a bit more dynamic gives them a bit more a bit more layers so i'm looking forward um to that moving forward and that was kind of my biggest takeaway from this current episode as well yeah i'm i'm liking where it's going um i i like i definitely think if anybody's not clear i do think alita and ame have some kind of tension going there good tension mm-hmm. not bad uh but i think <laughs> it is that one of those ame is just so open and if she's not getting it back, she's not going to push. Yeah. And Alita is so closed. She's not giving enough for Ame, which I, I appreciate because it isn't a character that's like, oh, hey, I'm going to bother you and like get in your face about it. It's like, no, yeah. no. She's like, if you say no, she's like, all right, moving yeah. on. Yeah. She got, she's got, the, she's good at that. She's moving on. Yes. Left, right, and center. Yeah. She's like, I'm not going to wait. <laughs> She'll be like, I'll be available later. If you, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought this one was fun. Uh, something. I'm kind of curious about though. I like the rodents. I thought they were kind of comedic scary. I'm mm-hmm. hoping we see different style of how aliens happen. Yeah. Um, if only because they were pretty similar to our previous monster the, things. The, like, I was like long arms kind of thing. Yeah. 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 I'm, and I, I am definitely all for practical effects. hundred percent. I love what they're doing with it, but I'd say maybe that's my only little bit of a complaint that I was just like, mm-hmm. 
They look like, you know, uh, theme park monsters to me, which I totally dig. Don't get me wrong. They're scary. Don't get us wrong. (laughs) I hope the next one they can do something less humanoid. Mm -hmm. So, um, like the other characters where it's the mask, oh my gosh, they they go amazing, you know, 100%. It's like so cool. So I'm hoping later we see different stuff like that. Um, there we go. Oh, Jolly in the chat says Alita will definitely have to make the first move. Yes. Oh, for sure, Jolly. For sure. And Lini says in the live chat, OMG, no way, clue, eek. I agree. I'm super excited. I love the movie. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Um, any other thoughts on this episode, James? I know I kind of asked that, but any other things we didn't cover um, before we get into our special segment and uh, prediction? No, I think we covered it. I'm, I'm happy to have had Gemma, uh, Jenna on. Uh, Gem yes. on. I don't know why I said Jenna. Gem, Gem on because she really did um, kind of close the circle for us in a bit because I had ideas. It was cool to get her two cents on there. So I have to oh, say yeah. the biggest takeaway is having her on to talk about this episode. Oh yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Thanks again, Jim. Uh, all the behind the scenes info and just along the way was great. And she was just so willing to add the info to what we were talking about, which I loved. All right. So we are going to get into our special segment and then end with our prediction. So our special segment, James is called Winnie who Winnie what? <laughs> so as you guys know with Winnie Who, Winnie What, we break down some of these costumes because like literally Vagrant Queen has some of the best costuming I've seen in the TV show. So it's oftentimes overlooked the actor who's behind the costume. So this week I wanted to focus on a character that I thought was comedically on point. His name is Trev or Trevor McCoy, but he yes, goes by we Trev. We did not talk to him. Yeah. Trev. He goes by Trev. So Trev is Slime. Um, this slimy comedic like squirting things out of his neck oh Um, that was so gross wasn't it gross i kind of feel like lazaro didn't quite react as i expected him to but that's a whole other topic so yeah that's um, true uh uh trev is played by actor mati takaitka i'm probably saying your name wrong i apologize if you're watching us and i hope that you are um Mati was born in germany he relocated to johannesburg in 1994 he is a vocally trained actor and singer he actually moved here to LA to study acting. He studied the Meisner technique, which I'm sure many of us know about. Um, he moved back to South Africa in 2015, and he's best known for his role in the Red Sea Diving Resort. It came out in 2019. It's currently on Netflix as well, and it stars Chris Evans. So that is our very Winnie cool. Who, Winnie What of the week. Yeah, I thought he did great. He was very had a good comedic and uh, sinister about him because we see him earlier yeah. with Alita and he goes oh I recognize her and I mm-hmm. like that it's callback that of course he's selling the information or tries yeah. to, <laughs> to Lazaro to which does not go as planned so I thought I, it was nice I and kind of comedic I love too in the very beginning when he boards the ship and he puts out his hand and he's like oh actually oh, no, yeah. we'll just count it <laughs> he's like, like nobody no. touching your slimy self uh, we great. got yeah uh, Renji in the chat says a humanoid blobfish, and it's like, yes, okay, that, that's yeah, a good Renji. description. <laughs> that's spot on. That's spot on. It was, yeah, it was a weird like fish thing, and yeah, they did a good job. I like that they made it interesting. Yeah. And Clive was also a good like flying yeah. other person on that planet, so I dug that for sure. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's get in to some predictions. <laughs> <laughs> Now, all right. Yeah, so. <laughs> uh, I 
I, I liked hearing some of Jem's insight into what we're going to be seeing. I do think we're going to see a little bit more gray from everybody because it is mm-hmm. not black and white and not everybody's per- nobody's perfect, mm-hmm. but I'm liking these a little more uh, backstory, almost justifications of why people are doing certain things, their motives. Uh, of course, I don't side with Lazaro or anything, but <laughs> I like where he's coming from in terms of like, all right, it's not totally unreasonable to be upset with. I, I, oh, there you go. I'm predicting that his he had someone close to him die because of this starvation mm. or something like that, and that that's often what spurs the oh, I gotta take them out. Like his, you know, his mother or father died, the love of his life died, his child died. And that's what really pushed him to be part of that revolt. Okay. I like that. I hadn't you? really thought about um, Lazaro in terms of predictions. My prediction is more about Zevlin. And I, you know, we briefly mentioned this before, but I really want to get back at, get, get back to it. Uh, I definitely feel that Zevlin is not who she appears to be. I feel mm-hmm. like she has a motive. She wants to keep power get power for the first time. I don't know if like there's an age thing where like you stop being queen at a certain age. Because if you remember, I was if you remember that back, too. Yeah. If you remember back, I wrote it down. Uh just at the, at the scene where um Alita and um Zevelyn are in the hallway. Young Alita. She's like I think she's like yeah. ten or twelve or something like that. Um she says something to the effect of to Alita. They're complaining about the the lack of food and uh she tells Alita that people don't see her as a queen but oh, as an mm-hmm. incompetent child. Yes. And they blame her, her being Leah, for their problems. I don't know. To me, that was a, that was like a, you should, I'm going to plant the seed in your head so you relinquish this crown. So I think moving mm. forward, Zevelyn wants to find some way to regain power or, or something like that. I know she's going to play a far, I think she's going to play a far bigger role in uh, Alita becoming queen again than um, we initially thought. So that's my prediction moving forward nice uh a comment which will lead to a prediction we got pascal cake sorry if i said that wrong uh we stand an emotionally nuanced queen Mm. and i'll go with alita queen and which i mean i know she's queen but um the i'm hoping her develop her relationship with ame does go forward i think it will take time uh Mm -hmm. probably it'll be more like the last half but yeah it's one of those you don't want a relationship rushed but you don't want to wait forever yeah Yeah, i I hope i hope that moves along a little bit more um and i kind of wonder if we're gonna get isaac figuring out him getting home or something with his wife or child or there's a way to get a message or something yeah i'm curious yeah yeah i agree so all right cool well thank you so much for everybody who joined us live uh had questions and comments if you're watching this later please comment down below give the video a thumbs up and subscribe and definitely tune in for next week we hope to have more guests over the rest of the season tell your friends about the after show because this is such Mm -hmm. a fun show to talk about I, it's like Jem said, it's definitely, I, I see those influences. I'm digging it and I'm really excited to see where the rest of the show goes. Uh, James, where can people find you online in the meantime? So you can follow your boy at James Maple actor on Twitter, on Instagram at Terrell James Maple, and also on Instagram, Mass Singer Fan Theories. I run the page there for AfterBuzz TV with all the predictions you need every week. Noise. Uh, and actually real quick, uh, Vagrant 
gifts, which uh, thank you on Twitter. You've been good, great about following and um, retweeting yes. stuff. Uh, yeah. Said, I'm pretty sure monarchies get cast down by bloodline. So Alita's father was king. And so then Alita becomes queen as the oldest child. I Ooh. assume Zevlin is her mother, but not royal. Okay, I mm. like that. That definitely makes sense sense and uh roland's me says vega queen is awesome it's awesome (laughs) and then yeah go check out on twitter gems page and then for me on twitter you can find me online at carrie d lane that's k-a-r-i-d-l-a-n-e uh i tweeted i will retweet the mick gaybar shirt and the winnie bot they're great (laughs) uh jordan did those on twitter they look so awesome and they're really fun so again thank you so much for watching and we'll see you all next week Bye. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.